Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 126 for juicy topic number 126. (laughs) How to stop overthinking in dating and relationships. And Kate and I have been doing this a long time. I'm pretty sure I've like never met a woman who doesn't overthink when it comes to dating and relationships. And so we knew we had to do this topic because let's talk about what overthinking is. You might be an overthinker if you are second guessing every single text message that comes your way or what you want to say. You might be an overthinker if you are always anticipating the future and trying to manage whatever will happen next in your dating journey. You might be an overthinker if you are plagued with worry and self-doubt, right? Mm. Overthinking is those ruminating thoughts. Also, you might be an overthinker if you can't let go of your ex. Go see a podcast episode on that (laughs) because we did that one. Or if you're thinking about the guy, if you're thinking about the the guy not being right, it's the same thing, like whether you're obsessing over them being right or you're thinking about all the reasons why they're not. Exactly. Exactly. So it's busy up in that head of yours. (laughs) And today's episode, we're going to help you and teach you why this is happening in the first place. And then of course, how to stop doing it. Did you have any other examples of overthinking? No, that was my main one. I mean, there's many, there's many, but we're not going to bother. You know, if you're in your head and you can't stop thinking about something, what your behavior was on the date, if you said something wrong, that's what I used to do. Oh my gosh. I, I used to do that with friends too. Back when I was like, fully in self-sacrifice or people pleaser mode. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that thing. I shouldn't have done that thing. Maybe they're mad at me. And like, I would psychoanalyze everything I did or said. Yes. So raise your hands <laughs> if, you're li- if you're listening. I-, I-, I was more like, what what do I have to do in order to get it right? Mm. Right. Um, and so why why this is happening there's so many reasons but i was thinking about this actually before we hit record that yes right we're here busting the fairy tale but it's so much bigger than that like i like woke up this morning thinking about how so much of what actually disempowers women around relationships is the conditioned codependency the conditioned good girl programming the conditioning that says it's your job to be attractive and valuable to men And so I actually want to do top down. That's why overthinking is happening in the first place is because you don't trust yourself, first of all, and because you think it's your job to manage what someone else feels about you, to manage someone else's feelings and to manage getting the guy, 
that that's actually what's happening. You're overthinking because everything has to be an analysis in dating or your relationship. And it's from a totally disempowered place because the solution to this is actually quite simple. And I can't wait to share that. But I, I really, this morning was like, God, like, yes, you, if you've been listening to me, you know, me that your personal childhood work has to be done. There's no escaping that. And then at some point it stops being about your personal wounding and trauma. And then the collective wounding and conditioning of being women, which is really like what we're doing on the podcast, right? Women overthink, and this isn't, you know, I'm sure there are men that overthink obviously, Mm -hmm. but most of the time, like men are just straightforward and like transparent, like healthy people on dating are just going to say the fucking thing and not play games. Right. So overthinking and dating is from a disempowered mindset and a disempowered place. And you're trying to manage and control what someone thinks about you and telling yourself that it's your job to be entertaining to this man or to manage what he's thinking or feeling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking like so much of it is the meaning making and taking things personally. And like when you're overthinking, you're, you're writing these stories in your head and you're believing them. Like (laughs) I remember there was one, uh, one meme I saw, I think it was Ryan Yacomi. He was like, if you believe what you think you're fucked. Like if you believe (laughs) everything you think you're fucked. And it's so true because there's such a, um, that's it. There's such a, like, we just tell these stories all day long about what other people's behavior means. And we believe that it's true. And if you believe stories that your mind is telling you, saboteur is telling you about other people and you're actually, it's creating a concoction of craziness within you and, and of uncontrollable emotions that don't feel good inside of you, anxiety, discord, because you're believing the meaning making your mind is making about the other person's behavior rather than looking, if you were to zoom out and look from a more objective perspective, every single one of you that's been on this journey with us for a long time, you know, you have patterns, you know, you have a saboteur, you know, you have an inner child. If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to some other episodes on these topics. But you know that these parts, these protective mechanisms for most of us are leading. And so if that part is leading, it's going to be looking to the other person's behavior to determine how they feel about you, to determine what it means. Oh, he hasn't texted me back. So it means this. And we get, we get swept away in their world. Like, like full stop. If you are in somebody else's world, it's simply the wrong focus, right? When we're swept away by what they're doing, what they're not doing, who we think they are, who we don't think they are, even just trying to determine if they're right or not, it's the wrong focus because your attention is not on yourself and your inner world and how you're feeling. Your attention is on this other person. And ultimately you can't know what's going on for the other person. And when you're coming from your protective mechanisms, you are going to attract pattern like wound mate relationships. The controller self-sacrificer ends up attracting, um, actually, I just gave this example to a client, the self, what was it? The self-controller isolator is the avoidant. 
And the self-sacrifice or shapeshifter is the anxious attachment mm-hmm. style. So if you are anxious and you're anxiously waiting for the next text, you're naturally going to be drawn to avoidant types. And if you're avoidant, you're naturally going to be drawn to anxious types because guess what? It's your wound that is in charge, not your soul. You're not anchored and rooted in the trusting the process, in the knowing when your intuition, when something feels off. I was had an experience with a guy that I was dating when I first got to Greece. I, I mean, dating. I went on two dates with him, but we had chatted on WhatsApp for a while. And, um, I felt really connected to him. And the first date was so fun. I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast and it was so fun and, and fiery and, and everything. And, and yet over time, I realized it was every time that I engaged with him, it was me reaching out and then him apologizing to me about not being not, you know, not reaching out and him always having reasons and excuses. And, and, and then it was still me initially. And then it, this went on for a little while. And then after a while, I just checked in and I was like, wait, how do I feel right now? right? Like my patterns wanted to take over and be like, oh, but I already feel a connection with this person and it feels safe because whatever, like all these stories and got back into my body. Wait, what does, does this feel good? Do I feel met? Does it feel reciprocal, which you always talk about? And it didn't. And so I deleted his number and was like, you know what? I bless you and set you free. And it's, you know, simply his patterns, what I had no clue what the story is or what's going on in his life, but it's not personal, but the meaning maker machine, AKA your saboteur is going to make it all personal. And that's what makes dating so fucking painful. So if you're in your head trying to psychoanalyze their behavior, you are going to be suffering. Yes. And I, and with the feelings overthinking generates so much anxiety right? Like if you're, if you're someone who's having anxiety dating, take a look at your thoughts, Yeah. right? Like the truth is you're most of the time, your feelings are following your thoughts. And I feel like I've said this the past couple episodes about having a disciplined mind, like that, that's step one of being a conscious person, you know, like separating from the saboteur and ego thoughts, right? Separating from just that busy mind and learning how to come into your body. So I talked about the conditioning of women, which generates overthinking. And then let's address why you overthink. If it is a personal childhood wound, chances are you're an overthinker because you had to be hypervigilant in Mm. your childhood home and anticipate what was going to happen and what was what was uh, everyone in your family or your caregivers were feeling so that you then could manage your own behavior. So it's a reactive position and also, you might overthink because you never had any validation around your experience. So maybe you had parents that gaslit you or parents that would deny your reality or parents that wouldn't affirm you because overthinking is also about not being able to trust yourself. And I feel like I also keep coming back to that all the time. So first of all, you have to like first have compassion right? Like that's our main message about all of your patterns, all of these behaviors, right? It's not a personality defect, right? You are not broken. You are not flawed. We learn these things in order to survive. And then that's what healing is for, right? We get to choose no longer to behave in the survival behavior, but instead choose to live from our heart and our soul. So I'm going to come back to this most important piece. Overthinking is reactive, which is also classically codependency. You are reacting to the stories in your head. You're reacting to someone else's behavior. You're making meaning or making assumptions 
rather than leading your own life. And I've been doing Ask Me Anythings on Fridays on my Instagram. And it's pretty freaking powerful, all of the questions, mm-hmm. because most of the time, the questions are about trying to analyze men yes, yes. <laughs> and, and what's oh happening God. in dating yes. or like when it, like the, the psychoanalysis of when is the right thing to say X or what do I say when? And every Friday I'm writing on Instagram, say the thing. Hmm. So what takes you out of overthinking? The first thing is always having compassion for yourself. But the second thing is to slow down when you're overthinking, like even just to be able to say, oh, wow, I'm totally overthinking right now. Like that takes consciousness in and of itself. And hopefully you Mm -hmm. have friends around you that are not going to give into all of your stories. And you start going to town overthinking about the date and they say, Hey babe, you're over, you're totally overthinking right now. Like, how about you just relax? Like you need friends like that. And if you don't have friends like that, join the new truth movement, Facebook group, because that's where everybody is. Who's listening to the podcast and building that awareness. So that's first. And then just like you beautifully actually gave the example for yourself about your date. Like, what am I actually feeling? So a lot of times we're overthinking because the feeling we're having is scary. So the feeling you might be having is I feel vulnerable because dating is vulnerable. I feel afraid because what if this doesn't work out? Or what if I get rejected? Or I, you know, feel sensitive. Okay. Dating is vulnerable. Half, why dating is so hard is because everyone doesn't want to fucking be vulnerable. Mm. And, and that's what's making it crazy. If you were actually vulnerable, you would be present. You mm-hmm. would be telling the truth. You would be advocating for yourself. You would not be chasing men and, and telling yourself that you're the, re- you're, you're the one who's going to get them to change their mind or all of a sudden become securely attached. And if you are living from that reactive place in life, which, which is codependency and which so many women are doing, the antidote to that is taking responsibility for yourself, falling in love with yourself, healing those patterns so that you don't have to be so afraid and learning how to be a self-advocate. I feel like that, that's the theme I've been in with my clients lately of like, what does it mean to have your own back? Like that is self-love. Right. Mm -hmm. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to rescue you. No one's going to make your life better for you except you. And when you advocate for yourself, you ask questions instead of make assumptions. Mm -hmm. When you advocate for yourself, you actually can self-soothe and calm yourself down that after one date, you have no, yes, you have no idea what's going to happen. And it is a vulnerable time and you don't have to freak out about it. That's yeah. also why you go on dates with multiple people. Go see my episode about dating multiple yes, people. Yes, because yes, Because overthinking also happens when you're hyper-focused on only one person. Yes. And acting like the person you just met is the last man on earth that you yes. have to make it work with. It's so, so true. You, you, when you trust yourself, you can be present. You can surrender. Because, you, you, you know, with the controller archetype too, you know, overthinking is about control, mm-hmm. about your brain trying to understand what's happening to avoid the feeling of uncertainty and discomfort and vulnerability, which is life. 
which yes. is life, not yes. just dating. And I was thinking like, if you're overthinking in dating yet, yeah, it gets get, of course, in relationships, we said relationships too in the title it, and it, it's going to happen everywhere, right? Like when I was an overthinker, I did, I did it in the same way with my friends that I did with dates that I did at work with my boss. Like I, oh, I always was in that state of overthinking. And so I love that you brought up vulnerability and like, just, this is how you practice being who you are. Don't just do it in dating. Let dating be a practice, which we always talk about, right? Rather than date to get a result. If you're dating to get a result, you're in your head. You're going to overthink. It's inevitable. So let dating, even if you desire a relationship, put the desire, like give it up to the universe. Okay, universe, I desire a relationship, but get back into the experience. Let dating be experience and let all of your relational dynamics be a place for you to practice being real. When I work with women, it's mind-blowing, but also not surprising how many women can't even be fully real with their friends. Like, okay, complaining to your friends about the shitty things in your life is not being vulnerable, but actually sharing like your deepest insecurities or like what's true for you in this moment or what's uncomfortable for you, what's hard for you. or And the reason why I've had such a great experience dating is because I'm just myself and I'm myself when I'm like my one client came to one of my clients came to Costa Rica with her partner and we hung out a lot in a week. And she was like, my favorite thing about um, being here with you is seeing that you're the exact same person on the podcast, working with me one-on-one, <laughs> hanging out, me watching you hang out with your friends, you hanging out with me and my boyfriend. Like we're, you are the same person everywhere. And it's the same with dating. I'm just me. And I, there's no part of me that I think I need to hide that I, that I think I need to hold back. Of course, my saboteur is still there. So that guy that was like, not that, that I just talked about, my saboteur, he was saying he's going through a hard time with his family. And right away, Regina was like, oh, like I can help you with that. And like, oh, okay, that's the new strategy, new saboteur <laughs> pattern that popped up because dating's a new experience after a seven-year relationship. The new strategy is how can I help you because I'm a coach and I, I help people around this topic. And like, as if I want to be in a relationship with someone where I'm their therapist or I'm their coach, like that's not a healthy dynamic. So I saw the sneaky pattern pop in and then I put her in the back seat and took, took control again. And so the more you know yourself in your own patterns, the more you have space and compassion for other people's. And when yes. you're dating, you can see like, oh, this guy guy hasn't texted me, even though we had a really great date because he's an avoidant. Like, oh, he's got like, not to label him, but like, oh, he's probably got some protection around his heart. He's probably got some avoidant tendencies or maybe like you actually have way more space for what might be going on for the other person. And you don't take things personally because you know, your, your, all your pain isn't personal towards other people. They're simply just activating pain that was already inside of you. So, so, I mean, you knowing yourself is it. everything. No, that, that when you can observe, like that was such a perfect example because you can observe, oh, that's avoidant. They're, yes. they're not reaching for me. They're not reciprocal. They're not engaging. What do I want to do about that? Yes. Not who do I become so that they want me right. or what game do I say? Or let me Google what fucking text message to send to like right. win this person back you then point to yourself yes. and say, does that work for me? Yeah. Does, does this behavior feel good? Mm -hmm. Oh, what do I want to do about it? So overthinking is about control, 
of external, your external world, because you have no control over your inner world. Yes. I'm going to say that again. You get caught in controlling your external world when you are not controlling your own inner world. Because the truth is you do have control. You do have control over your own behavior. You do have control over your thoughts. You know, choice. you have, you have choice. And when I don't take responsibility for myself, again, this is the woman that leads her own life. When you are reactive, you are in the child mindset because everything is about freaking hot potato, right? External circumstances are dictating how you feel. What's happening in your dating life is dictating how you feel. What your part, what mood your partner is in is dictating how you feel. That's a problem. <laughs> that's, that's a horrible way to live, right? From that reactive place rather than to act as an advocate for yourself. So we, yes, we did talk about overthinking in relationships, but it's the same thing. It's making meaning out of your partner's behavior. It's making assumptions about your partner. It's trying to control your partner. And it's not actually asking for what you need, being yourself, asking questions, sharing expectations, rather than hoping that they read your mind. Like again and again and again, overthinking is about being in a reactive state and most of all disconnected from yourself. So we kept, we keep saying, you know, overthinking is about being in your head. It, I get it that if you have, if you have big anxiety or overthinking that just like taking a deep breath, you're going to roll your eyes at me right now, because I, I mean, when my anxiety was so off the charts, like that was not going to help me either. So I want to just help you. It's not about taking a deep breath. One of the somatic experiencing practices is called orienting. So orienting is actually looking around your space right? You don't have to go, oh, and I have to get in my body right now. (laughs) It's look around the room and just name five things you see Mm. in the room because your body will then orient to the space rather than in your head and in the future about your partner, about the person you're dating, right? Actually sense your feet on the floor because sometimes taking a deep breath, I always joke, and I'm sure you would feel this too. Like when someone's really activated, just telling a woman to calm down, it's like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Makes know? it worse. Yeah. yeah. So you don't go from like a hundred miles an hour to zero. Yeah. So remember it's, can you notice that you're overthinking and then do the practices that bring you back into the present moment and surrendering control. This mm-hmm. is what is vulnerable about love, yeah. right? And dating. You don't know if they're going to call you again. You don't know where the relationship is going. You can have hope and intention about the things that you want, but being in relationship, there's another person involved, mm-hmm. right? Like this for all my women who are like, I don't want to date because this isn't, you know, it's, it's annoying. And I'm like, there's nothing annoying about dating. It just brings up all your shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, totally. and then you blame dating <laughs> for, for why it's such a problem rather than it doesn't actually have to be so hard. And every yeah. single one of my clients dating stops being hard yes. because they realize all the ways that they were making it hard. Exactly. So, and that's the radical responsibility. Yes. And, and making it like it, letting that be your opportunity to grow. Like let, um, Joe Dispenza says, life is always initiating us over and over and over again. Like every challenge, every every place where you're feeling like stuck or having a hard time in your career or some, you know, you experience loss or whatever the thing is, these are initiations. So if you're dating, it's your initiation. If you're in a relationship and you're struggling with overthinking, it's your initiation to coming from a deeper place with in yourself to learning 
how to not let these parts of you lead so that you can come back to your center, your truth. Like we've talked so much about separating story from feeling and like, okay, so if I were to vent out the story on a piece of paper, what are all the stories I'm making up right now? Oh, he doesn't like me. Oh, he's too good for me. Oh, pedestaling. Oh, this, oh, that. Like what are all the stories? Put them on a piece of paper and then ground yourself, orient. I love that you brought that in. Um, Feel your feet on the ground. Notice your breath. Don't change it. Just notice it. Notice any sensation you feel in your body. Notice what you see in, out of your eyes in the room. Get Bring yourself back to yourself and then check in. How do I feel right now? What am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling, I'm feeling fear. I'm fe and just like welcome the feeling. Put on a song. Dance with the feeling. Like let yourself be in the feeling because it's you. You know, if you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling not good enough. That's you. You're feeling that that person just touched on a pain that was already there, or they turned on a pleasure that was already there, but everything you're feeling inside of you is you. So take responsibility by coming home and like getting to know you and what is happening inside of you. Like you said, inside of you when you're dating, as opposed to being so wrapped up in what is going on over there because not your business. Like the, the relationship, when you zoom out and you come from a place of just trusting the organic unfolding of life, let me tell you, and I'm experiencing this in so many places of my life right now, like it's unbelievable what life has in store when you trust and you just keep following that own inner GPS, you just keep coming back to your inner world, taking resp full responsibility there for feeling good, for having a life that you love, for being around people that feel good to be around, for growing, investing yourself. Like you do everything to tend to your inner world. And then the universe is divinely orchestrating an epic experience for you, but most women miss it. Why? Because they're so busy in their saboteurs trying to fucking control everything, trying to like force themselves to do things they don't actually want to do, which creates so much discord. That's where anxiety comes from because we're constantly going against our truth and going and listening to the mind. Like don't, I mean, I, we live in a world that glorifies the logical mind and yet <laughs> your saboteur lives in your mind right? Like so much of our mind is our conditioning. It's our, it's the hypnotic, hip, hypnotic, um, who was it? I was listening to, um, Mark Groves had, um, oh, legend. What's his name? The Bruce Lipton on his podcast, mm. um, which was so, was such a beautiful episode. And he talked about how from age zero to seven, we're in a hypnotic state and we're being hypnotized by everyone around us, everything that's happening. We're watching our parents, we're watching our teachers, we're wa and we're learning who to be based on that. You have your soul self that's wildly expressed and then your mind starts being conditioned. And then after the age of seven, we start operating from that place. Your conditioned mind is not the truth of who you are. Like the New Truth Podcast, we're here to remind you that there's a deeper truth inside of you that's not your conditioning. It's not who you think you're supposed to be to get the guy, to have the success, to have the picket fence, whatever the thing is that you're chasing, your mind's going to tell you, oh, you got to go over here and it's not going to feel good in your body. And so your job is to get intimate with that. What is that conditioned mind, that story of who I think, that script of who I think I'm supposed to be and dropping into yourself and getting to know your own soul and what lights up your own soul so that you're letting that place, that part of you be the, the decision maker. You're letting that part of you lead your life. And then you get to experience how freaking magical life is.
Because nothing is more powerful than a woman who belongs to herself, exactly. a woman who trusts herself, a woman who's not trying to be someone she's not. And the, the overthinking is also about like making decisions. Like if you're in this place of like, what's the right or wrong <clears throat> decision, that's also a sign of not trusting yourself. You know, life is an adventure, right? Like there isn't a right or wrong decision that you can make. You know, if anything, you're going to feel right away if you make decisions that are against what's true for you. Like you're going to actually feel it, you know, but you're thinking right or wrong when you think your life is somebody else's. And the last thing I want to say about overthinking and managing anxiety is again, codependency and you not belonging to yourself. If you, if your emotions are dictated by what other people are doing, that's codependency. And if you think you need a text message in order to not feel anxious, or if you think you need a guy to behave a certain way in order to feel good, or you think you need to know, you know, what's going on with someone after you've known them for two dates, like, like they're like, go listen to the dating um, pod, you know, are all of our true like dating podcast episodes or join my $22 masterclass about dating because we, it's like, we got to learn how to just fucking slow down. Like it's actually not appropriate after two dates with someone to, for them to say like, I know that I want you and I want to be in relationship with you. You've known them for two dates. Like, yeah, that's like run for the Hills. If they do too soon, too soon. You know, it's like the life Life is out. There are many things that are out of our control, but there are many things that are in our control. And most of the time women mix up the two, right? We forget that we actually have choice over ourselves and mastering your emotions is big work, right? Especially if you have trauma, especially if you've been in abusive relationships, especially if you've spent decades being disconnected from yourself, it's not a quick fix. But you won't know how to advocate. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because you won't know what's true for you if you don't know yourself. Like you can listen to our podcast then and say like, oh, that's a nice concept, but how do I do that, right? It takes time, right? It, it, and, and I love, you know, we keep talking about this, Kate. Like you all have heard like that you're in the mix of uh, listening to Kate and I evolve <laughs> over the past two years, like where we were when we started this podcast to who we are now. Because not only doing this and being committed to this is helping us grow in this relationship, we're always doing our own work. Yeah. Not, neither of us are in this, like, I mean, we never talk like this. We never talk about some kind of destination. No. Perfect healing. We just are in our stuff together. And then like, Hey, who are you working with around this? Or what book have you read around this? Or what podcast has helped you? Like, we just are in like, that's vulnerability too. Right. If you're trying to be perfect you're going to overthink. If you just love, if you love yourself and you're at home with yourself, nothing else is driving you other than the being motivated by your own heart and your truth. Like you just won't be phased by other things. You also won't get on your friend's train if they're overthinking. Cause again, and we have to do this episode about stop asking your friends for dating advice. You know, most of the time we do that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that yet. Um, but we got to get that one because most like if you are all overthinkers and then you're all trying to navigate dating like holy shit show you yeah because then you're psychoanalyzing it together and it's like right. a whole bunch of saboteurs sitting around a boardroom table <laughs> trying to dissect some dude or some chick's behavior and 
you're never gonna <laughs> rather you're than ne- you're never gonna get the answer home yes hey yes. how do you feel about that does that behavior work for you wow I noticed you're overthinking you just went on one date can you can you tell me about what you liked yes. or like what are you proud of on how you showed up on the date and then what can we do to distract you so you don't sit at home by waiting by your phone for some guy to text you that you went on one date with right because you're if you love yourself, you're too busy living your life to be waiting by the phone for yes. a text message. And it's like, how did you feel? Oh, I felt turned on. I felt excited. I felt, I felt so um, relaxed. Okay, great. So that's how you desire to feel. You love those feelings? Yes. Okay. Let's cultivate more of those. So what else can I do in my life to cultivate more of feeling turned on or feeling excited or feeling relaxed or feeling adventure? Whatever it is you felt on the date, you get to now take responsibility for those feelings. Because let me tell you, it is an effing trap. I don't know why I said effing. This is the first time ever I abbreviated. It's an effing trap. If you um, if you think that that person is responsible for how you feel, they are not. They're an activator. And if you look to them to think they're responsible, guess what? As soon as you feel your pain, you're going to look to them to feel responsible. As soon as you stop feeling those pleasurable feelings, you're going to look to them and blame them. And that's why relationships are so dysfunctional because we're all looking outside of ourselves thinking somebody else is responsible for our pleasure and somebody else is responsible for our pain and in your whole entire life like this goes for every facet of your life if someone else is responsible for your pain or your pleasure you're fucked i'm going to say the whole word yes. like you are it's a setup it's a setup it's a setup for a powerless life it's a setup to 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 be on I always use with my clients the metaphor of the roller coaster versus when you're in anchored in yourself, it's expansion, contraction. Life will always contract us. There will all be, always be challenges and painful things. And when we're in contraction, it's how do we tend to ourselves in the contraction? How do we nurture and love ourselves through the contraction? And when we're in expansion, how do we anchor and ground and, and, and appreciate the expansion? But the roller coaster ride of you being your, your inner world being dictated by what everyone else is doing, what, what everyone else Else thinks of you, you are on a roller coaster and you don't know when it's going to flip upside down and you don't know when you're going to throw up and you don't know when it's going to be like, you know, upside down and round and high and low. And it, it is unpredictable, painful, crazy journey. So get off the freaking roller coaster, anchor into yourself. You have you and you inside of every relationship. That's why this podcast is so important because inside of every relationship in your life, is your relationship with you. And if you don't have one, your relationships are led by your patterns and you're going to be stuck in your head, overthinking and blaming someone else for how you feel. And it's, I mean, it's just going to not go well. A perfect metaphor because you're on somebody else's ride. Exactly. You know, I, I think exactly. I, I say like, whose train are you going to get on? Yes. <laughs> you know, today are you at the station, just whatever one comes by oh, this person, yeah. this person came by, I'm going to hop on their emotions and like their train mm-hmm. leading, leading your life is everything. That's why I kept, like yes. I started this episode with like the new truth is so much bigger than just busting the fairy tale. Uh-huh. It's like helping women lead their own lives and take, and take their power back yes. from codependent conditioning and patriarchy, which, which says you have a role here, you know, in life and you, you're supposed to behave a certain way. And we're all inspired, right? And maybe you get jealous of and go listen to our episode about the truth about jealousy by the women who just are fucking free, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 
life then becomes so fun, so magical, not always painful, but you stop actually being afraid of the pain. Not like afraid of the said, pain, 100%. That's the difference. contraction. We just are, oh, this is the season I'm in or this day I'm going through this difficult thing because you're not attached to it. And again, when you are at home in yourself and you're in your body and your heart, you just don't even have time to overthink like I and I think when I get caught up in overthinking lately it's been around decisions Mm. and I can pause long enough to know okay don't make a decision from inside all of this activation (laughs) like go journal or go for a walk or go talk it through with Kate (laughs) Um, (laughs) or or just like let it go in this moment like that's consciousness too right? Don't try to make decisions about anything when you're in a big overthinking or anxious episode or when you're hungry or when you're tired or when you haven't hung out with your friends in a while because you're lonely. Like that, that is consciousness. That's knowing yourself too and and having boundaries and, and being able to be mindful. And that's what healing work is for. That's what all of our programs are about. That's what the work is coming back to yourself, knowing yourself and knowing your truth, getting out of your freaking head and freeing yourself from the conditioning of women in this culture, which is not lessening up. (laughs) It's it's just not these days. It's getting, it's getting worse. Thanks to social media. Oh, and that's the last plug. Like if you're fucking overthinking, do not Google things. Do not go on YouTube for dating advice. XYZ. Don't try, don't hide yourself in the closet and like listen to 15 podcast episodes at once. Like unless they're the new truth. (laughs) Unless they're the new truth. But but even then, like if I'm already overthinking, don't try to fill your mind with more shit because you're not even going to integrate anything that you're listening to or learning either. So we've said it 15 times already on this episode. The reminder that, okay, I notice I'm overthinking what am I feeling right now? And then what do I need? Maybe I need to eat something. (laughs) Maybe I need to call my friend. Maybe I need a nap. Maybe I need a bath. Maybe I need to go for a walk. The last thing you need when you're in an overthinking anxious episode is to go on social media. Yeah. Right. Or to text the guy from inside that state of consciousness with you, like freaking out. Yeah. Like get out of your head and get into your body. Maybe go swimming, maybe go go to the beach. Like what drops you into your body? I used to take back in the day when I used to live in a country where we have baths, I used to take (laughs) a lot of baths and I would, I would put candles and put on music that really dropped me into my heart and my body. And I would totally set the container. And whenever I was in that state of being in someone else's world or overthinking. I used to do that with clients where I'd be like, oh, uh," in their world. And I would have to cleanse my energy and get back. And and the bath was one of the greatest ways to do that. So have, you know, start to, in the practice of, you're not supposed to know yourself. Like you said, I love how you talked about how we're still on this journey only forever. It's a lifelong journey of you getting to know what are the things for you? What are the things that get you out of your head and into your body? Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's a dance party. Maybe it's singing. Singing Les Miserables does it for me every time. (laughs) Do you hear the people sing at the top of my lungs? And 
I'm good to go. So you you start to find your practices and your places and your things that help you circuit break and get out of your head. EFT, emotional freedom technique is really good. You can YouTube it, EFT for worry, for anxiety, for for self-doubt, for fear, for anything. So YouTube that and like that's an amazing practice when you're stuck in your head and you can't break free from the story. There's so many. So you're going to over your lifetime Mm -hmm. collect a million different resources that'll help you if that's what your commitment is, right? If your commitment is to letting your head find the answer of what to do to get the thing you want, you're a heroin addict, essentially. That's what I pictured when you were like, if you're waiting for the text, if you're waiting for the guy, if you're waiting for the proposal, if you're waiting for something outside of yourself to feel good, it's simply just a hit of heroin. It's only going to feel good very short term. And then you're going to be wanting another hit. The next one. Right. So that's the codependent saboteur inner child dating is a heroin addict. So to break free from that, you have to get intimate with, you know, what, what actually drops you out, it gets you out of your head and into your body so that you can start following your truth. And, and that's the new truth. <laughs> and if I'm sure you, if this resonated with you, tell all of your friends. And if you've got some overthinkers in your community, <laughs> in your friend group, send this episode over to them. And as always, let us know what you think. We love, love, love seeing your messages in the group and certainly even just private messages on Instagram because then we share it with each other. Like, look, they love this episode or they love the podcast. And we certainly love supporting all of you too. So we knew we had to do this one. So fun. This be the end of overthinking and second guessing and doubting yourself you are a powerful powerful being and you can take your power back now yes love Love you love you see you next week hi it's kate thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast for more of Catherine and I come hang out with us in the new truth movement facebook group we are in there that's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes about dating relationships any struggles you're having out there we would love to support you so come hang out with us in the new truth movement facebook group and we will see you soon